Hey, it's the Soma 79, host of the Articulate Ox podcast, where artists talk about the art that made them artistic. Thank you so much for joining us today. My guest today is Concept the Hashtonaut, who is a rapper, he runs a record label, manager, he cooks, all this great stuff down in San Antonio, Texas. It was a really great conversation we had today about MF Doom, who was someone that that concept and I both tremendously admire and I didn't realize how knowledgeable of a fan concept was until we actually sat down and talked about it. We talked a little about Doom in the past, but um, it's always it's it's fun to talk to somebody who gets as sort of into it as I do and really thinks about it the same way that I do because it's you know, it's it, those sort of relationships are rare. I mean, there's uh, that's one of the great things about the internet bringing us together, a concept that I actually met over Instagram. He had hit me up a few years ago because he saw some of my drawings and just asked me to do an album cover for him. And I, to be honest, I ignore a lot of those requests. I don't, uh, I don't do a lot for people that I don't know on the internet only because I just don't like investing a lot of time in something than having them either not want to pay me or just, you know, have it, have never really have that face to face. But I did with him because I checked out his music and I really dug it and he seemed like a really nice guy and the idea he had was something that I'd always kind of, I so he wanted me to do sort of a Sistine Chapel thing but with instead having two astronauts pass each other a blunt and I've always wanted to draw astronauts. I've always loved space art but I've always struggled with, I had up until that point struggled with really doing a good job at it so I considered this to be a challenge and and that was one of the other reasons as I said yes, because I knew I was bad at this and it was something I wanted to do more of and get better at. So why not? To a certain degree, I think a lot of artists will try harder for somebody else than they will for themselves sometimes because they know other people will see it and they don't want to let them down. Or at least that was a situation I felt at that moment. So that's why I said yes, and I was so glad that I did because on that first drawing, I put a little O and X over the eyes, and that was when my ox character was born and ox is obviously the namesake of this podcast you see my ox astronaut character pop up on my album covers and i've also got an ox comic that hasn't been released and you're going to see ox pop up a lot in the drinking songs for children movie coming out in uh, a year or so so that was to me always very special that the first time concept and i worked together it to me ended up being a very fruitful project that has taken me down in this direction and just because i sort of believe in these weird sort of karmic ways cosmic ways of meeting people I've, i've kept working with concept got to know him better and better and he's a pretty great dude and he's super talented and he's super reliable which is something that you don't really find a lot in hip-hop unfortunately but um i hope to someday get down to san antonio and check out the scene he's got going on down there because it seems like he's really doing some great things and i totally encourage you to go check him out at concept the hashtag on instagram you know as i spoke a second ago about the cosmic aspect of it it reminded me of something that uh, conversation the concept and had I had over text uh, about a year or so ago I had been around the time my parents had found a lot of my old drawings up in the attic at their house and they sent them over to me and one of the ones they sent over was the first ever airbrush 
painting I ever did. Now I have I have an airbrush, I barely ever used it, and I had one as a child and only used it a few times. I had really wanted to get good at it, but I think instead I might have discovered, you know, girls or rap or something. And I just I only did kind of a couple drawings, but or paint airbrush paintings. But the first one I ever did was of this cat that sort of looks like I guess is it top cat, I think. Um, and it's, uh, I'm putting up a picture here for the people watching it online. It's just, uh, I don't describe it to everybody. It's just basically a cat with a little bit of a goatee and he's yellow and smiling and got sort of a burgundy outfit on. You don't, you only kind of see it from the chest up and you're missing part of the hat, but it's sort of a reference to like the top cat character, um, sort of, I think kind of down the lines of maybe the Heathcliff bad guys to some degree. Um, and so around that same time that my parents had given me that old drawing, that old, old airbrush cat that I'd painted, Concept had hit me up with this post that he, he was going through his old posts, I guess, from Instagram, and found one from 2012, um, and I'll share this here as well, of a piece of graffiti that he photographed that just said, it's a, it's a, that said Soma. And next to it was a cat that looked similar to my top hat cat. I mean, top, similar to the cat that I had in my airbrush picture from my childhood. I mean, it wasn't the one in the graffiti picture concept shared was much better, but it was the same cat that I was going for. And even some of the colors are similar. And that blew my mind a little bit. It was just, it's, because this picture was taken 2012, those years before concept and I ever talked. And the other thing that's kind of strange about it is right between the word Soma and the cat are the the letter, it says N4N, and that four looks kind of like an A, and it looks like it spells Nan, and that was what we all called my grandmother, and she was somebody who was tremendously supportive of my art, especially at a young age. So that was just one of those weird cosmic moments where I just kind of sit down, and I was like, oh, wow, I, I don't know. It was one of those things where I'm like, I, I got to keep working with this dude for some reason. I'm not really sure why, and... Maybe because I'm a little OCD and I believe in a little bit of magic thinking sometimes. Um, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's not. But I've uh, I've always really enjoyed working with Concept. I I love everything we've worked on together. And he makes an appearance on Drinking Songs for Children. And I'm very excited for you to hear that when it comes out. And we have another song together called I Know with myself, Concept, and uh, one of his friends, Apollo Black from the San Antonio area as well. I'm excited to share that. It'll most likely be out by the time this episode is out. So uh, go look for that. And I will also be including at the end of this episode one of Concept Songs. Um, I believe it's one called Woes he'll be sending me. So um, definitely give that a listen and check out Concept the Astronaut on all streaming services. Give him a listen. If you're ever in the San Antonio area, go check out a show. So, oh, and, and you can find him at Concept the Hashtag on Instagram and at Good Herb Records. So look up Good Herb Records. That is Concept as well. That is his uh, record company and uh, management uh, company, all that good stuff. So um, thank you very much. I hope you enjoy our interview and our talk about MF Doom. Hello, this is Soma79 with the Articulate Podcast. We are here today with Concept the Hashtag, San Antonio's finest rapper, producer, extraordinaire, all that good stuff. We'll pretend that wasn't take two. So um, we are here today to talk about someone that um, I love and he loves, and that's MF Doom. Um, yeah. I have to admit, one of the, um, the ideas behind this podcast was to expose me to shit that I don't already know. 
but um, I'm realizing I'm more than happy to talk about stuff that I do already know because there's very few people I know that like to talk about Doom. So, Concept, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm having a Doom-tastic day, you know what I mean? For sure. Happy MF Monday. Yeah, you know, man, for sure. I uh, was bumping some uh, Operation Doomsday earlier in preparation, you know what I'm saying? What do you think your favorite record is? is? Um, of all time? Yeah, yeah, I guess we'll jump off with there. Like, it's just this. I was so I spent some time today going through a lot of them. I listened to a lot of Doom today because I just want to mm-hmm. familiarize, and it's like, it's just, it's all so good. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really hard for me, but I'm not going to lie. Like, what immediately jumped out in my mind is uh, Phasers, Take Me to Your Leader. Oh, man, I love that record. You know what I mean? Mind you, that probably isn't my favorite, but like, right off initial reaction that's what came to mind just that that the way that beat comes in you know what i mean it's just beautiful yeah yeah for me i think it might be meat grinder that's the one that always gets me mm. like, tripping up the meat, meat, meat grinder. Yeah, yeah i love yeah. that shit like it's you know, low and that is crazy you know what yeah. i mean it was i looked up the lyrics of that today and it's i like where he goes the he says, Hackathon songs lit in the booth with the best host, doing bong hits on the roof in the West Coast. Yes. I don't know what Hackathon is. Hack, and it's like, that's my favorite line forever, but I guess I didn't. Oh, no, no, no. It's an it's a, it's a onomatopoeia. Oh, okay. All right. Dude. Oh, spitting. Holy shit. That's even. <laughs> oh, man. That. Now you're learning something you didn't know. That's wild. Holy shit. Hack through, that's that's like that you're not gonna get that in the first come place. on man. I know, man. Hack through, hack through songs lit in the booth with the best host doing bong hits on the doing the songs time. lit in a yes yeah. it's just and it's every line of it just it's so perfectly lined up and it's right like, right it's funny like i realized right. that this i'd write I, I was watching this thing yesterday about the craigslist killer um who was i don't know if you remember him this it happened it was a guy up here Definitely. who Right. He went to the same college as me. And at the time he lived in the neighboring building as my girlfriend. No and, way. Yeah. And, and like and a lot of my friends out there knew that and they knew that I was the same height and blonde. And they were like, I think Tim might be the Chrysler killer. And so like I was watching this thing on him yesterday and they're showing the cops doing a stakeout of the building. I'm like, I, I was like probably there. They probably scoped me out. But right. then I was like writing notes and I'm like, all right, Craigslist killer. Like what is going to rhyme on perfectly in line with that? And that comes directly from Doom where it's just like, it just hits like if for a rapper who raps off beat so often it's so crazy that it's like when he does it's just like ding 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 ding, ding. right right yeah. yeah it's an incredible talent man to be able to match syllables like that you know what i mean um uh he says on operation doomsday at least rhyme to the syllable keep tracks to make an a rap feet clap you know what i'm saying like, what the fuck yeah he's he's just he has Endless quotables, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's funny because even today in Accordion, which is one of the songs by him I think I've heard the most, I caught a line I've ever heard before. He goes, can he testify from in a spirit? And I was like, oh, he means he can't testify because he's a ghost. He's dead. And I was oh, like, I was that's, like one I of, didn't... that's one of my favorite lines by him because that's so hard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's one of the hardest lines that he has, you know? You know what I picked up from him that I use in my thing is that like you sort of like it's okay to break the laws of English if it all makes a point when you sit and look at it because no right. one says in a spirit like you really like or like if you, that might not if you just said the phrase in a spirit the the idea of being a ghost might be the third thing you come to because I might think oh in the spirit like in, a, in an alcohol like a spirit right nah nah for sure 
Yeah, or then even just like in the spirit of something is probably where my brain probably went. But then when I actually looked at it, I'm like, oh man, that's what it means. Like, right? Rap brain is going to be different because yeah. you're intentionally um, rearranging the words for a sonic effect and they make sense contextually. You know what I'm saying? Right. If you do it right. And it's like, that's right, the difference right. between doing it right, not doing it right. Is like, that's yeah. true too. Some shit can be real nonsensical. Some, uh, some uh cool keith yes yes i i did a song with cool keith on my my album that that you're on uh we'll talk about that drinking songs for children here we have a couple songs together that'll be coming out in the next year or so but when i first got the verse back from cool keith i wasn't certain it was lined up to the beat right and i literally i talked to my i talked to my producer i'm like move that thing around a little bit and see what it does (laughs) it's like i don't know whether (laughs) And like, and eventually we landed on where it began, but I was just like, he got me. Like, I just, it just sounds a little off, you know? Right. Right. But that's, that's his. Right. Style. I've seen, I've seen him live and it is, he does the same shit to a T live. You know what I mean? So crazy. Like, yeah. It's nuts that be to be programmed that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause it's not, it's not something, it's not something you even choose because it's, you have to be really, it's like, it's a deterrent for a lot of listeners, but like, straight up. And that's actually one thing I want to talk about with Doom. So with Doom, so I've been listening to him. I think the first time I, I got a Doom record was um in like the early 2000s. I got the Dead Bent single. And they actually, they sent me this freaking like t-shirt. Like 12-inch or like? Yeah. I got it here, actually. The, the Dead Bent 12-inch, um, which I think was from Turntable Lab. Um, Yeah. And then it came with the shirt that I still have, which is, this is literally the softest shirt I've ever owned in my life. And like, I own it to this day and it's to the cover and it's so basic. And Grace says, um, says dead doomsday on it, but like, it even smells like something I should have thrown out a long time ago. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like even with that sin on it, that thing is, should be in a museum somewhere. I would wear, that was my lucky shirt. Every time I had a job interview or something, I'd wear that underneath it for years. So I don't know. It's, uh, but yeah, so that for me was, I was, I was at a time for me where I was just like, I was getting into making hip hop and I really was like, okay, what is the underground stuff that I I heard of, but haven't heard. So I went out and bought like the atmosphere records and like the doom records and like, I think it's, at the time, like I bought, I didn't even know which one was the guy with the mask, but of the records I was buying, it was one of them. And then I just like, was, was like, it was just on. You know, yeah, I, I mean, his, his voice has a way of kind of just like lulling you in, you know yeah. what I mean? Where you're like, okay, now I, like I'm more interested in this in this character because his voice is so compelling and shit. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't sound like a lot of other people. Yeah. Now, do you think that you know I'm seeing now he, his name is getting mentioned in a lot more places now that he's passed, and a lot more people are being vocal about being fans. Do you think there is a mainstream audience for someone like Doom? Because I there were times that I wondered that I think it took me a lot of listens to really get into it. It's like that sort of scotch that like the expensive scotch that you don't know why it's good until you've had all the others along the way. Right, and I right. it, is there a, do you think there is a place for Doom in the mainstream? It's, it's like now that we're talking about his legacy and he's not making any new more new. Stuff. um i don't think so personally because i feel like his entire kind of character was built on being anti-mainstream yeah you know what i'm saying so it's kind of like some things are meant to appeal to the non-majority percentage you know and i think trying to change it to something that appeals to that majority percentage is what ends up diluting it, you know what i mean and uh like, though we would love as fans for the person that we love to be loved by everybody, you know what I mean? Like, that's just not 
what it was meant for. Right. You know? So sometimes care for what you wish for too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. A lot of people, um, you know, especially when I see it in the live show sector, a lot of people want these things, but they're not ready for them when they come. You know what I'm saying? Like people want to go from, uh, you know, making songs in their bedroom to rocking 20,000 people on a stage. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, you aren't even ready for that. Like, just because you yeah. make a good song in the bedroom, you don't even understand what your anxiety is going to do when those right. people are, you know what I'm saying? Staring you in the face, like expecting something great from you. So it's just like, like I said, things are meant for different things. Like Doom, I think was meant for what he did, you know, right. you know, the legend he was. Well, you're talking about these people who want to skip steps those are the things you learn about yourself along the way where you're like, if you skip all those steps, you are so unprepared, like to, to actually like the, like you said, the anxiety of being up there. It's like, I've sweat for performances that I didn't matter at all in front of four people. <laughs> like, like that. Yo, I can't even lie to you, man. It, it would really shaped my perspective on it is I saw a guy get on stage and cry. He couldn't even perform. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, and mind you, his homies are up there. You know, it's a packed show. This is actually, it was a little Uzi Vert show before Lil Uzi Vert was even like big like that. Yeah, yeah. So this guy gets on stage, I guess, to open for Lil Uzi Vert. His friends are going crazy and it, it's, his, it's his turn to go. And he gets up to the front of the stage and man, just freezes, starts crying in front of the entire oh, audience, man. man. Like a thousand people, yo. And that's um, probably not a very forgiving audience. <laughs> no, no. Honestly, I'm not. I'm not even gonna lie to you. It was the exact opposite. Oh, it was. It was so bad that people didn't even want to like the people. No, 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 no. Oh. Everyone was encouraging the fuck out of him. Like, oh, that's awesome. Was like, nah, man, you got this. Like the whole crowd was cheering him on to try and like give him the confidence. You know what I'm saying? Because his homies were like, "This my, this my dude's first performance." You know what I'm saying? Wow. Yo, we sorry, blah blah blah. And they were like, "Nah, fuck that." It was so beautiful to see the encouragement, but I'm telling you, the anxiety had a grip on him. You know right. what I mean? Like no amount of encouragement was going to be able to get him to remember what he needed to do in that right. moment. You know what I'm saying? So like, I've seen it firsthand. I've seen people freeze up, yeah. you know, thinking they were ready. That does speak to, though, that you said about everybody having that really genuine, beautiful reaction is that when when real when something real happens and that real thing has emotion and someone's willing to show emotion, people there's a lot of people willing to throw stones online. There are a lot of people who are willing to scream, you suck to an opening act. But when right. someone's actually has their soul on display like that, people do usually step up and, and do what they can to help, which is a beautiful thing. It's one of the, the things is. about hip hop that gets lost a lot is the support and the love, you know. No doubt. And I think that that is a, a lot of what a person like Doom found after, you know what I'm saying, going through the tragedies he did. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like he wanted uh, to be loved and he wanted that, that passion in his life, but he couldn't do it, like you said, like with his own face and personality. You know what I right. mean? He needed to adopt another, another persona and to even be able to digest the love, you yeah. know? To, to accept it, to be, to feel like he was worth it. You know what I mean? So mainstream for doing would probably look like what we're seeing right now, which is, you know, uh, the cartoon side, as far as like, you know, adult swim, 
Yes, exactly. That's what I was actually, I was going to try to bring it back to that. That's interesting that, you know, Adult Swim to me is, I'm a big fan of that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's funny to me that they've managed to, on this, I guess it doesn't matter that much, but more so years ago, they managed to have one channel that went from being essentially like SpongeBob to a few hours later being like something absolutely not for kids. And that seems like something, it's almost like putting the cigarettes next to the candy. It's like, you can't believe they'd allow you to do it, but they got away with it. And him being the sort of the person, like, I have this very vivid memory. I don't know if you've never seen this, you got to Google it. But there was one year on Adult Swim around 2006 where they had him record a bunch of like bumpers around Christmas. Oh, I've seen him. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah, Like drunk as shit. Yeah. 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 I remember leaving a Christmas party to my parents or some family stuff to go home earlier and smoking a a joint on the way home. And and that was on. And I was just like, these. Like it's Christmas, we got Doom. He's got a. It's just I still watch those every year. It's yeah, amazing. I gotta watch those every year, man, because it's almost like getting as fans, we don't get too much of uh, content for right. him. You know Especially what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so it's nice to see his personality in in a uh, human form, like not cartoon form. You know what right. I mean? Just yeah, it, that was some funny shit. It's wild. There isn't even a whole lot of footage of him because I was trying mm-hmm. to watch like stuff online. You keep seeing that footage of him in the Vic, the Michael Vick jersey, mm-hmm. and that you see a lot of that. And there's a couple others, but there isn't. Did you my, ever see my live? favorite? Is that live? There's a live uh, concert that he did. Oh, the Planet um, X one, maybe is that what it's called? Well, there's the Planet X one that was done as a recording, which is no longer available on streaming services. Oh, I have that CD somewhere. It's, that's a good. I like that, but yeah, that- yeah, that is an amazing live performance CD. Um, but nah, it's like a YouTube video of him. It's a, it's like one of the best live performance videos of him that exists. You know, what I'm saying, in my opinion, it's I've watched it countless times. It's where I get a lot of my own personal mannerisms and shit like that from, as far as the live performance shit. You know what I'm saying? Because the way he controls the crowd in that particular moment was wild. Yeah, for sure. I got to figure out exactly what it's called. Um, I want to say it would be impossible for me to say what it was, but I would have to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure if you dig it up, send it to me. Talk about how the syllable stuff and like you and the performing. What are some like things that you pulled from? Uh, Genuinely, um, especially based on that video, um, breath control. Like when I heard that video, he sounded so much like the tracks. Like when Hey came on, Hey sounded like Hey. You feel me? Like the beat yeah. slap. He really came in. And he delivered every bar. There was no slacking. And he's a pretty big dude. You know, what right? I'm saying? You're right. Isn't it the physical performance? It takes it, it takes more physical performance than you would think to rap, especially for half yeah. hour and four hundred. Of course, you know what I mean. Let alone at a high, a highly lyrical level. Right. You know what I'm saying? Where you're you're trying to um, weave in like weave in and out of these pockets while also moving. Right. You know, and also saying? not yelling too loud because you're talking into something that's already making you louder. There's so exactly. many things you're concentrating on at the same time, For and sure. not falling off the stage, which a lot. That's of the most important one. Yes. Is the not falling off the stage yeah. part because you get really lost in that shit. But yeah, from him, the breath control, man. He, from and I've always compared everyone I've seen after that to him. You know what I'm saying? So uh, one of my favorites would be like Black Thought from The Roots. When oh, you see, yeah, when you see Black Thought perform, dude, it's like a fucking onslaught. He could rap for two hours straight, you know? 
I have watched that Funk Flex freestyle. Like that thing has like 80 million views, and I swear, like two million are mine. Just, <laughs> I've up. never watched it only once. Like right, I've, right. I've done an hour workout that was just me listening to that six times, numerous times. Sure, because it's just incredible to hear someone even be able to do that. You know what I mean? Like, um, so just yeah, breath control, man. Uh, that's one of the main things I took, and honestly, simplicity and wardrobe. You know what yeah, I'm yeah. He was always just a very simple t-shirt, jeans, sneakers. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. it almost like made the focus more about what he was delivering. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's, it's a little. I was watching, I think it was LA Story, some old movie from like the 90s. And someone goes, Before you go out, you have to turn around and turn back in the mirror. And the first thing you see, you have to take off because everybody has one or two things that are a little extra. And it's like, I actually do that sometimes and it does work. And like that's sort of, I mean, for him, it's like the everything besides the mask is just something else that distracts from the mask. And the mask is so perfect. Right. And honestly, I feel like it's not even um, maybe because we've gotten used to it. Um, it was never obtrusive to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it was never something I felt like was like, like, what the fuck is this? Like, why is this? You know, it, it was never too big, too clunky. Like, it was done in such a dope way that I feel like you can't even recreate that. Like, right. I, you know what I'm saying? We're not going to see another master rapper. Not only did he, he choose all these things that would really reduce it, but he also, like, the fact he was born in a country that he had no memory of, and he got sent back there with no ability to come back is just so it's just so part of his image it's like it's all ties in together and just choosing yeah, that one part of it that that you know, happened to him like it's that crazy. You know it's crazy it's just mean? nuts what the fuck and know? every time i read that story it's nuttier because i i thought he lived there until he was like 10 or something and then he moved but like he was like barely ever there right it's right I, that's what i knew more British, that, he was, I that he was barely ever there and that they immigrated basically to new york you know what I'm saying, is what I got, you know what I'm saying, and then obviously he did grade school, you know what I'm saying, regular high school in New York, and then he immediately got into the rap shit as a teenager with his brother, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, sub rock, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I had never really heard the true like I and I still didn't really know that I landed on the truth, but the details around sub rock, his brother's passing was something strange. Um, I mean, you now we got hit by a car, but I there was some question of whether they were playing in traffic, it, it was like everything. Doom okay, related. So, is that a I try not to Mandela affect myself, right? Yeah. What is the story behind Peanut Butter Wolf's brother? Oh, ooh, ooh, Charisma? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I, I don't know if that was his, was that his brother? I know, no, I don't know about brother. It was, wasn't his brother, that right. was his, his The rap. Red Light, the Red Lights, the Red Light, Green Light song, I love so yes, much. Yes, yes, yeah. so he also got hit by a car oh, did in he? a traffic situation. Oh man, that, and that, him and MF Doom, Peanut Butter Wolf and MF yeah, Doom, so bonded together. over that. Wow, I, I didn't even think about that. That's there's wild. a there's a Stones Throw documentary that goes into in depth about the Peanut Butter Wolf charisma relationship and how he died. I gotta dig that up. I might even have that somewhere because I, I would buy everything Stones Throw at that time. It was yeah, like, I mean that's my number one label, bro. Oh I, God, yeah. And the way that they put out things that aren't rap but are still like, I mean, there's the Mad Libs, but there's also that I need a dollar, a dollar, a dollar is yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello Black. I mean, that song is like, it's just, it's crazy. No one even thinks about Allo Black or a metaphor or, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know what I'm saying? All of these people that represent Stonestone for a long time, you know, 
I've always been a Stone Throw fan, man. It's wild. Like I'm thinking, looking back at me, like at the mad, the the mad villainy out there, which you got to talk about that. So right. when that record came out, I was at a point of fandom where I was already really in deep with Doom, and to me, it wasn't it wasn't that it was. I mean, I I didn't. I, I knew it was going to be dope because I knew what was involved, but I never, it never accounted to me that other people may find it really dope. And I think it got named like um, Pitchfork Album of the Year, which really would land you on, it land, that, that would land you in front of like all of like the, the white kids who go to Coachella. It's like that, that gives you that audience to some degree. And I'm like, why? And some of those people that I knew were friends, like the guy who sent me work was like, do you know this guy? I'm like, how do you know this guy? And like, so for that record, for it to be a record where there's really no choruses and i had this something occurred to me today is that you could be bruce fucking springsteen and you're not going to get away with releasing an album with no hooks and have like or anybody like that like it's i i don't know thoughts on that record because for me it's 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 just wild and i listened to the whole thing again today and it sounds just as fresh as i ever did i mean it's 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 timeless obviously you know what i'm saying and then uh for me personally it is definitely my number one album of all time you know what i'm saying like period you know top what I mean? five for me for sure you feel me like I, I i love music you know what i mean like and this is a multi-genre situation you know what i'm saying so maybe like a are you experienced by Jimi hendrix might be in my top five as well you know what i'm yeah. saying so uh just because of impact and whatnot at the time but that's number one for me mad villainy number one you feel me? Yeah. Because even my initial style rap wise of not use, not needing hooks, yeah. you feel me, was because of Doom. You know what I mean? Like it was 100% because he, he, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it was about not like the sampling, which was also a Mad Lib thing. That's also a Mad yeah. Lib thing. I was a fan of Mad Lib and Doom before they made that album. Yep. yep. You know what I mean? So, so, so you so you knew what you you at least knew something exciting was coming. Right. I knew like when I heard them together, it just made so much sense because of the way they they use sampling together. You know what I'm saying? So you don't need choruses when you can tell a story or have these breaks in the beats, you know what I'm saying? And then when you coming from MF um from mm, food, right? Yeah. Which already gave you a cinematic run. Yep. Like it plays like a movie. Yep. You know what I mean? So yeah. take that and then you add these menacing, like chilling beat samples. Like I'm talking just the most obscure musical instrument sounds. Yeah. You know, uh, fucking the, the accordion. Like he yeah, starts accordion. off with accordion. It's like and it's called accordion, you know? Yeah. And, you and I, I've never heard an accordion like any other rap song. It's, I've never heard of an accordion in a rap yeah. song since then. Maybe a weird, weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I know. But it's like, you know, the thing is, like, there's a lot of people now who they probably there's probably people who think about doing it. But now they, they wouldn't because he did it. I think right, right. he may own the accordion now for hip hop. I mean, I feel like now I want to do it. <laughs> I know. And it's funny is I have actually done some songs that kind of have a similar sound because I have like, because I, I just dig it, but it's not full accordion, but I don't know, man, maybe we got to do a collab on an accordion. Right. Nah, straight up, man. An accordion too. Yeah, you know? I Because uh, I think it's, it's, that album in particular has done just a lot for me in all types of ways. You know what I mean? We all have those albums that we're emotionally attached to, you know what I'm saying? Because of the time in which the album 
or how many times in your life the album came into play because it's eras for me. It was yeah. when it first came out and then I appreciated it on another level later on in life. You know what I'm saying? So it really exactly. just depends, man. Um, and then I appreciated it even more once I started getting into psychedelics even heavy. You know what I'm saying? Listen mushrooms. to that on shrooms. Yeah, yeah, mushrooms were involved in the making of that too. I was watching some stuff about Which, that. Yeah. I took mushrooms and listened to it because of that uh Almost, uh, which I do, I think that was the same. I want to feel like that was like almost the same documentary that I'm talking about. That's that the Stones Throw documentary. It, it is because in the, the so a lot of, there's a lot of documentaries on YouTube that cut up those, the, those, these couple few DVDs and right. things with the footage. And that was the, that is that DVD. And now that reminds me, I have that somewhere, but it was, I just saw that clip like yeah. something else. Because they were talking about the LA crib and how Doom would yeah. ride on the roof. And that was the doing bong hits on the roof is like, that's, yeah. that's literally it. Yeah. It was a real, it was a real fucking uh, line, you yeah. know, as far as like it was real life. And that's another thing, once again. I just always took from him. Like I never told no lies in my raps, no exaggerations, no lies. I always made it something where somebody went back and fact checked my shit. You know what yeah, I'm saying? It like it, would, yeah. it all adds up. Like with life occurrences, facts, everything. And I think if you aren't living enough life, drawing enough inspiration to even right. make numerous albums is gonna be difficult. You know what I'm saying? Because right. you're not even really you don't have anything to put into the albums. That's why a lot of our greats get older and their albums don't even sound the same because they aren't even, you know what I'm saying? What's your life at this point? You're working yeah. out. You got a fucking chef making all your food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's like Aerosmith is not making the best records of their career. It's just like it becomes a job that you check in and out. And it's like, right. and even you look at someone like Eminem, who I think the guy, he it's almost like he's a guy who's been doing the rap equivalent of push-ups for the past, like, 20 years yeah and now right. he can do push-ups so so well but he i think he's sort of trying to find the soul back in his music again like and it's just like he's he's right on point but it's almost like his life is going too well you know right yeah well i mean i think in that sense he needs to connect with the youth more i think Probably, that's the yeah. only thing that him that he doesn't do that rappers like a lil wayne rappers like a drake you know what i'm saying like more industry type of rappers which eminem is an industry rapper he tries you know what i'm saying yeah. he can say what he wants but he is a global right fucking powerhouse he right, has a pop connect. star you know yeah he has to connect with the youth so if yep. he's not doing songs with like an nf or yep. a token you know what i'm saying then token not... oh man right local reference man he's from around <laughs> yeah. my way yeah you get what i'm saying though yeah you know me i got i'm a hip-hopologist man yeah. you know what I'm saying? so uh if he's not doing those types of collabs then he's not really exercising his position like he should and getting right. that, you know what I'm saying, that reinvigorated feeling. Like, you need to be around people who are going to push your pin. You yeah. know, like, no one even wants to, like, you're not even really doing collabs like that. Right, right, right. Everyone's like a big D. And the thing about his collabs too is he, he's not, he has no problem hopping on a song with someone else and dropping like a 96 bar verse. That's um, hilarious too, right? And you're just like, okay, well, all of Slaughterhouse just went and the song is half over and now Eminem's going to start. <laughs> and like, you're like, there's something about that where it's like, where does that come from? Like, it's I've, I've heard him do that a few times and I just wonder what the, the um, other guys think and where that urge comes from. Um, I think it comes from just the fact that he um, he's not a rapper that you can just give 16 bars is not enough. You know what I'm saying? Like that's going to fly by if a nigga like Eminem is rapping. You know what I'm saying? Because he's going to hit you with, um, I heard a rapper, a battle rapper talking about this recently. 
Say we have the same two minutes to wrap around, right? Yeah. I might have a pace of 450 words per two minutes. Oh, right, yeah. He's going to have a pace of at least twice as much, 900 words every two minutes. Yeah. He's so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like giving it 16 bars is nothing for a guy like Eminem. And yeah. if you're blessed enough to get an Eminem feature, you know it's going to blow up if you just let him do his thing. Right, right. All your your goal is not to be not to get slaughtered. Your goal is right. To like, well, which know. is, I mean, that yeah. only few have accomplished that. Right, you know man. Most Jay-Z. of those people got signed by him. Yeah, close. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, huh? It is funny though when you see um, there was, there was a leak of that crack the bottle song a while ago where he sings all the verses. Yes, and you're like, oh yeah, he wrote that whole song. There's a once in a while here from Fifty Cent song where he says something, especially when he's on Eminem collab, where he says a word a wording that I'm like, yeah, I know Eminem wrote that. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't blame him. I felt that way about really everything. Guy. Uh, him and Dre ever touch him and Dr. Dre. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, come on, Dre. You know, it gets lost true. in it too because it's like there's it's funny. Some people really get a lot of crap about using ghostwriters, but it's like you know there were rumors that MF Grimm wrote a lot of the Chronic. I don't know if it was a true or not, but that was a rumor for a long time i i believe that honestly i wouldn't be surprised well dre's parts because you did have some amazing fucking rappers on that shit like hitman you know what i'm saying like hitman i was talking about the first chronic the um oh oh. yeah yeah that Uh, allegedly mf Graham did that one yeah okay okay. yeah hitman whatever happened to hitman though (laughs) right yeah fucking ill where's his albums does he not have no solo work i don't know you can't Dre has so much on unreleased. Spotify, bro. Hitman doesn't even have a Spotify. Oh, that's crazy. Insane. Every once in a while, I, I'll be listening because now there are a lot more rappers that they're doing podcasts. And it's like they're actually in, in the podcast setting, people are a lot, they, they, a lot more comes out than in, in different interviews. And you keep hearing about these songs that have never been released. I listened to um, uh, the Paul Rosenberg podcast he did with all these people around Eminem and Eminem that just came out. And he's interviewing Denon Porter, Porter. I can never say his name right, Mr. Porter. And he's like, Yeah, he's like, I got a, I got a track with, with, with Drew, with, with Dre and Snoop from 20 years ago during the, the chronic 2001 sessions that's amazing and i haven't heard it in like for it's like he's like i don't even know where it is he's like i'm like let's somebody break into that house <laughs> i mean but that's the thing is like that's super super common yeah it's super it common i was talking to somebody about that recently uh on a positive uh spin of that same uh situation that like a lot of a lot of collabs are not for the public you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of collabs are more bureaucracy or like social collabs. Yes. It's almost like social currency to some degree. Yes, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, it's not even something where like the public may get, you know, 30% of music recording. Yeah. That's you a good know, point. You feel me? So a yeah. lot of stuff is going to go. Thought of it that way. You don't really find out until um, the interviews years later. You right. know, like, oh, or until yeah, someone dies and someone else fucking, wants to make a you know, Michael yeah. Jackson. <laughs> yeah, there's always stuff like that. We're just like, oh, and there's always something like Nori's, like the, um, the Super Thug beat was originally from Michael Jackson. I'm like, what? Right. Yeah, it's like, okay, you know yeah. what I mean? And then, then, you, then you follow back to trails, and like, that sounds like it's true. <laughs> like, it's, yes, I mean, I feel like a lot of the things are so random and like inconsequential. Like, why would you lie? Right, you know right, right. I mean? yeah. Like it's just like no one cares. This is just a little tidbit. It's not no, even I, meant to be. I will say, I did see an interview where Hulk Hogan claimed that he was almost the basis for Metallica, 
and Metallica was like, nah, that did not was like, so there's always someone out there willing to sell you something. Right. But, it depends on how it's supposed to make them look. That obviously right. was supposed to make a Hulk Hogan look right. Right, right. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I know. That's hilarious. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. But um, yeah, so all right. So one thing about so the villain aspect of Doom, I never saw him in concert. There was definitely times where he was not showing up. I actually I had this something else here that my brother used to work at the El Rey Theater in Los Angeles years ago. And Doom was there. Or I don't know if it was definitely him because I wasn't there, but they had these masks they were given out that were like original paper Doom masks, and they're um, all numbered. And this one is actually one of 100. And this is probably worth crazy. nothing, but I'm surprised it stayed in such good shape over the years. So I just framed it, but but yeah, there was that time where Doom would. Is it a painting? No, it's just like it's like a paper, like it's like a paper mask, almost like something uh, you cut off the back. But it has the string, and then it's like numbered and has a date and stuff on the back. That's fire. Yeah, so I, I was always appreciated this. But did you? Um, he never. I don't know. If, I don't even know if that was him at that show or not. I don't know if my brother even would have known the difference at that point because he wasn't as into it as me. But um, that stuff for me never bothered me as much as it did other people. And I think if I were to go to a show and it wasn't him, I don't know that I would have been as bothered. But I can see why a lot of people would have. So has the villainy of Doom ever? Has it ever? Has it been something that you sort of accept as part of the road of being a fan of his, or is it something that's ever come back to bite you and kind of get it, like annoy you in some way? Um, I honestly never even considered, uh, seeing him a possibility. So it was never something that was even like, it, I don't care. You know what I mean? I could care less if he scammed a bunch of white kids, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, don't yeah. think it, I could really care less. Cause to me, the part that those kids can't connect with is the villain. Like they cannot connect with the thug side of doom. They can't connect with the street side of doom. You know what I'm saying? A lot of those bars and those songs that are more about, you know what I'm saying? His street savvy, you know what I'm saying? His drug affiliations, you know what I'm saying? I once met Mr. Fantastic in the arms arms deal. deal. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like people don't, that's not the part that they connect with. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I could care less about that. That That sounds like exactly what I was doing you know, back in the day, you know, yeah. <laughs> to some of these college kids. So it's funny too, because I mean, I'm closer to the college kid aspect of it. But for me, I appreciate the performance artist of it, where right, I'm just right. like the balls of him. And I, it wouldn't stop me from buying, you know, it wouldn't stop me from buying his next album or anything like that. And it's like, nah, no way. I mean, if anything, I'm going to keep buying the ticket to the show, hoping that one of right. these motherfuckers, he shows up. Right, right. You yeah. Know? Like, it's not like his, his tickets are that expensive. You know what no, I'm saying? No. Like, you're talking. 25 bucks 30 bucks maybe for right. doom to get like right. you'll be he wasn't right. doing that many shows and it was like because i would i you know i probably saw atmosphere 10 times back then i saw ideas and abilities and all those mm-hmm. like aesop rock but like he just the wasn't Minnesota bunch yeah yes the rhyme sayers crew like he's just in like, between them and stone throw and def jocks so i'd see everybody that came through did you see but, brother like, ali a lot a lot yes i saw him yeah, many yeah. times I yeah i brother ali real heavy so he's awesome yeah. yeah, I remember seeing him on the Scribble Jam tapes for the first time, him battling people like Mac Lethal and stuff like oh, that. So you just said Scribble Jam, right? Yeah. The um the performance video that I'm talking about is 2003 live Scribble Jam performance. Oh, okay. Yes, I know yeah. the video. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, that's the one, man. Amazing. 
absolutely so, amazing. That scribble jam shit was something else that really, I, I, that really showed me what was possible. Like I, my friend, so I had a friend, one of my best friends growing up was um really into skiing and like he was like the sort of dangerous type of skier and I, I don't want to do that shit. But like, and I was really into hip hop and we both realized the same thing that right around the time that YouTube came out, like everybody, like the, the people didn't think you could do the ski trick and then someone saw it on YouTube then everybody could do it. And there was that same thing with rap where yeah. like everybody once they like because i sort of like bl big l sort of begat that style to um eminem and eminem kicked that style up but then once it hit those battle rap scenes like everybody could do it then you know for sure sure. not everybody could do it but everybody knew what it was and could break it apart and hit pause and go what is he saying and stuff and that to me was sort of the end of the live battles because i when i first started i would do the battles you have to make it up off the top of your head and there was a couple times i choked and there was a couple times that i won but like you did understand very much that it wasn't it was almost never a fair fight because of right. who was in the crowd, because you could come up with lines ahead of time that could kind of hide, and the more well known you were, the bigger target there was on you. Right, right, right. So that to me, those scribble jam t- the battles back then were sort of the end of that era where the, this is as good as it's gonna get because nobody like these guys, like any rapper who who could be this good is gonna put their energy towards writing it now. So this is the end of that era of being the really good. <laughs> That's rapper. a fact though, because yeah. the written era of battles began at that point. Right. Is no one to no one no we weren't all agreed upon it yet. Like it was like yeah. still over beats and still pretending it was all, you know. For sure. For and, sure. Uh, but the thing is, it made when it when, when there, someone really nailed it, it was huge. But the problem was, you could watch a whole night of battles and only hear five dope lines or two dope lines. Right. And it's like you'd rather go to like it's sort of like how back in the day you'd have like on Seinfeld, there'd be like one Kramer. But now there's like four Kramers in every show. It's yeah. like that's what yeah. battle rap is like. Is you want every time there's got to be Kramer walking in the door, you know. So talking about Doom, uh, one thing I, I, I wanted to bring up to mention before is that, you know, I with Doom, he was always that artist that, and this might be sort of the villain part of me, was that he was always able to get money out of me even when I didn't have it. So like, as like, sort of where the villain thing hit with me is that even if I didn't have the money, because I was a broke ass you know, person for a lot of like my my early twenties and mid twenties and thirties, and it was just like I always found that cash, and I was like, God damn, that guy's getting me. And one other thing today I noticed, and I had to look this up, is I I was listening to the mm Food album, and the labels mislabeled. Like it says that one beer is the first song on side two, and it's really the last song on side one. And I'm just like, there's a little bit of me. I'm like, they just do that to be a bit of a dick, <laughs> <laughs> or is that like a real mistake, or is it just like who cares, you know? Right, right, right. Well, I mean, you got you got a a very like complicated situ you know complicated situation when it comes to doom in that regard. You know what I'm saying? Like he has a lot of like like what what I would call older cuts. You know what I'm saying? Like and and that still like resonate to this day. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like you have a lot of themes and things like that. You know what I'm saying? That like you're not even going to really understand, you know what I'm saying? Until later on, I go back and I still, you know, catch stuff that I didn't really, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. one beer, uh, even sample wise, oh, you know, like even sample wise, I feel like that's a sample I hear sometimes. And I'm like, this has to be doomed. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's like, ah, fuck, it's not, you know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. Like a lot of people have sampled that now. Whiskey, Once he takes a sample, it's his. It's, yeah, it's like, yeah. it's, he's one of those people where it's like, you know, 
It's tough to flip it again, you know? It's impossible to flip it again. I mean, like I said, Wiz Khalifa tried, but uh, all you hear is the doom. You know, uh, I feel like Odd Future, I want to say Earl Sweatshirt tried um, on a track that kind of comes to mind. But, like, even that was not, you know, it's not doom. You yeah. Know? Yeah, as you are you into those dudes? Like the I, I like the odd future stuff that I've heard. The most recent Tyler album is amazing, but I bought it just based upon the fact that I heard it was particularly amazing, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So now I'm deciding. I listened to the Goblin album, but I skipped everything in between, and now I heard this, and I'm deciding what I go back to listen to because I, I know now he's incredible, but I just um, you know, I, I wasn't on from the beginning. I, I I liked it, but I wasn't I wasn't set. It's like um because uh the. What was the first album? I think it was Goblin. Goblin. Yes, Goblin. Goblin was cool. It had a very, very dope impact. I love the minimalistic style of the beats and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I love the kind of like violent, nonsensical rhymes. You know what I'm saying? But I really hate the um, like personality type that that music birthed. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I really hate like that, like super overly, like self-deprecative, like, uh, cause it's like, it was, it's, it started to mix with the three, six mafia sound. Right. Right. Especially when it becomes the copy of the copy where it's like the artist isn't as bad, but the people who following them pretending to be them, that, pretending to be them are like, you know, for sure. Which is why he evolved. His sound obviously evolved right. from that album to the most recent album. Oh, what lot, I really yeah. enjoy about his music is from what we were talking about earlier, he doesn't allow success or money to dilute his creative process. You know what I'm saying? Like he's still drawing from so many random sources of inspiration. Right. He's still living life. You know, that's what I mean? very doom like, too. Yes. It's like, you know, because his his albums, one thing is when he mentioned before about how his, he sounded the same on his album as he did in concert. Part of me wonders is that because he took such a lo-fi approach to recording where it's like you're not like and you got to hit all the beats. But like when you're not adding all this stuff to your voice, it's you're not you're not pretending to be somebody else. It's easier to show up as yourself. You know, that is 100 percent what it is. Yeah, that's like that. Another thing that I took from his live performances, because with my recording process, I'm extremely minimalistic on my effects, my doubles, my ad libs, you know what I'm saying? Because when I do a live show, like I sound how I sound on the song, you know right. what I'm saying? A lot and of people, people don't think about enjoy that. the clarity of my live performance. You feel me? Like it's just, yeah. I, you can hear me. I'm clear. You know what I'm saying? Like everything is distinguishable because my recording process is so simple. I don't feel like I need to manipulate my voice live to try and sound like what my track sounds like. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like, you know, with the birth of auto-tune, a guy just asked me, you know, for uh, at a showcase, he was like, hey, man, is there auto-tune on this mic? I'm like, I don't think you know how auto-tune works, bro, because uh, what are you talking about? No, it's not on the mic. You think it's a button I press and it'll just right. make you sound good? Yeah, you want the Mariah Carey button? You want the Frank Sinatra button? You want the uh, the buddy guy? It's just like... Well, you want the T-Pain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got you. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. You don't have any talent. It's fine. Yeah, straight up. You know what I'm saying? So he so he was like struggling his whole performance. You know what I'm saying? Because he's like, man, it don't sound right. I'm like, no, you That's don't That's on sound. you. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, because if you give a person like a Usher or a Chris Brown the mic, they're going to sing and they're going to sound fucking good, you know? Right, right. That's where it's like it's the difference between like, like, like you can say what you want about Mariah Carey, but you can't sing like Mariah Carey. It's just you like can't, you can't, you know, um, you have to have a good uh, what I call a clean stem. If you're not good at right. having, yep. if you don't make a clean stem, then whatever you're building on top of that is just it not going down. to be, yeah, it's not going to be good, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, MF Doom was the master of clean stems. Like, if you listen to, I'm sure you listen to his acapellas. Yes, you know yes. Saying? Yeah, just fucking crispy, man. You know what I'm saying? The enunciation, even in his slurred speech. Right, right. What I used to do back in the day when I was starting is I would record the whole verse and then I record the whole verse over it. Then I'd mix those two together and just try to clip out the parts that didn't make sense, that didn't line up. And it was just sounding like garbage. It was just like Man, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> and then, then I put dubs on top of it, you know. And it's funny, like when I um with Elza, I did a song with him on the album, and like so my producer was like, Hey. I don't think I think he sent you the wrong file for the dubs because he sent like like three like two vocal files and one was empty and one was out. And I was like, oh, I guess it's probably supposed to be the dubs. So I go back to him like, hey, I don't know the dubs are. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't do dubs. <laughs> He's just like, oh, man, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was like, oh, it sounds amazing, but I my producer, right, right. You know, He's like dubs. Who the fuck are you yeah. talking about? And so yeah, I think they might. I think he might have put my producer might have put some artificial dubs in or something to satisfy. But like, it's uh, yeah, it sounds like amazing. So I don't know. Um, hilarious yeah yeah <laughs> Elzai is another person who I know draws from that same doom inspiration though when it comes to that syllable matching style you know what I'm saying? I, I've never, I, I don't know why Elza isn't talked about like as one of the best MCs out there. Like, I feel like there may be some logical explanation that I just don't like. Did, did he, well, the logical he, like, explanation kick, you described. Did he kick Jimmy Iovine in the nuts or something? Like, I don't know what is happening. Like, he's, he's amazing. He's, he's a, um, he's very antisocial, man. He's a, he's a huge introvert. Oh, yeah. He does it. Yeah. He's a very, I've met him a number of times. I've been to, you know what I'm saying, numerous shows of his. Um, he came and did a show in New Orleans. Um, me and him have a mutual have a mutual friend, you know oh, what I'm okay. saying, uh, who introduced us. And that's how I was able to meet him several times. That's she's, awesome. actually, she's a good writer and somebody that I'll send you th their information. Okay. Well, you might want to reach out as far as like getting some type of um, writing for your album when it's time for your album. Oh, word. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, like, like a staff writer. You for a podcast or something. Yes, because... She knows Royce. She knows Elzai. She knows all of those folks. You know what I'm saying? She has really good relationships with Mega Ran, um, all types of rappers. You know what I mean? Um, I mean it's funny. That's why I wear the I wear a lot of Detroit hats because, like, I just I mean I, I I'm from Boston. Like I, I don't want to. I'm gonna make enemies saying this, but like I'm not a big sports fan, and a lot of it is because the energy at some of these at the, some of our Boston sports events are not like. You know, I don't like when I hear in the in the in the national news that the Celtics are the most racist team in the history of like sports, like or the organization. I'm just like, ah, you know what? So I try to buy hats from places where I like their music. <laughs> For sure. And and I'm right there with you. I can't wear just any city's hat. Yeah. I'm very specific about what city's hat I'm wearing, you know what I'm saying? Because uh I can't just be out here repping any city. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh definitely not no Boston. No, I don't blame you, man. And like, yeah. it's it's funny. Like when I when I would go to sporting events in other parts of the country, and I'm actually thinking about maybe coming down to San Antonio to the, the WWE Royal Rumble in January. I always find how much different the other the fans are in other parts of the country, and it's like the environment and energy is so much different. 
And that's something that if you never leave your hometown, you never really pick up on because people are they they really when people gather in different parts of the country, they they do bring different energies. Groupthink. You start to realize yes. how crazy groupthink is in a regional way. You know what I'm saying? Like you get real different vibes from different crowds in different cities. You know what I'm saying? I've been to sporting events all over the fucking country. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll tell you one of the most intense uh, sporting cultures Central Pennsylvania football, Penn oh, State. Really? Yeah, man. They <laughs> well, they, they, the guy ignored the molestation of children for 20 years. So they, clearly they take they take sports pretty seriously there. But, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they're starting them out from a young age. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and they're willing to turn their back. Out there because yeah, that guy was a god out there. That's how he got away with that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. they see their sports like that. You know what I mean? It's a cult-like nature. Yeah. You know? It was yeah. crazy, man. Um, and, and not to mention, I dated a lady whose uh, brother played on the team. Oh, really? Man, the stories he would tell and stuff, man. Yeah, the, the sports culture in Pennsylvania is wild. That is nuts. So what, so what is... Eagles fans suck. The, the what? The Eagles fans. Oh, dude, the <laughs> Eagles fans. I always tell people, whenever something crazy happens in Philadelphia, I'm like, these are the people who they threw snowballs at Santa Claus. Straight they, up. They, I think, I remember seeing, and I'm not a big football fan, but I remember seeing at some point there were some coach of an opposing team who had served in the military and seen combat. And he was in afterwards, after being shelled by all, like, the um the the fans with, like, ice balls and stuff. He looked, he was like, I've never seen anything like you before. <laughs> <laughs> And like all the ECW wrestling stuff, that was all Philly. It is just like I don't know, man. Philly's wild. I gotta, I gotta go down there and check it out. I feel like when I think about it, MF Doom never had any sports references. No, he didn't. He he does mention Kurt Angle on Mad Villainy, which always hmm. makes me pop. Yeah, yeah. But that's really about it. Yeah, I never, I, I've never heard him even like talk about. Obviously, it wasn't something that was in his life as a kid. No, you know, I, I can relate. Talks were, you know, right, right, right. You know, that's so. crazy. I wanted to ask you about that aspect of it, the um, the comic book aspect. Like, did that did the connection between Doctor Doom was that ever like something that meant any? Did that ever enhance the enjoyment or take away from it, or was it just like just there? Oh, I mean, it was definitely uh, something that I always enjoyed. You know what I'm saying? Um, my dad, um, like, though he wasn't really like in my life like that, like that. You know what I mean? Uh, he did leave me thousands of comic books. Oh, you know nice. Saying? Like, I'm talking like um crates and crates of comic books all in sleeves you know wow. what i'm saying like no lucy's all in plastic sleeves every single one of them so i would spend like hours at a time in my grandma's kind of like attic area which wasn't really an attic because it was like a connected stairwell to the house yep. but it was half of a upstairs if you've ever yep. seen a southern house like that yeah i know what you're talking um, about so i was spend okay, a lot Kate. of time up there kind of just like thumbing through every single comic book you know what i mean like i'm yeah. going through uh some of my favorites at the time were uh special edition spawns um i love the spider-man 2099s oh those are um, great yeah like i thought that whole series was just right. amazing that was like my favorite shit at the time you know what i mean the futuristic uh marvel and uh dc adaptations you know what i'm saying yeah there was um, doom 2099 too that was amazing I never saw that one. Oh, I have I have that whole collection. There was like 50 issues. Um okay. I made some I had a bunch of them because they were they were sort of cheap. They they it was a time where like the comics they made so many of them that like those didn't have a ton of value, but I was able to find them all for like I think like 50 cents each and over the years. It's a really cool run. It's just that's crazy. See, and honestly, 
I never myself personally, I've never bought a comic book. You know what I'm saying? I had so many that I would actually sell them at school out of my desk. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. And that's the better way to go. If you can read comics and make money off. I remember getting in trouble because some of them had boobies in them. Yeah. <laughs> and mind you, I didn't know. It's not like I sold them. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, the boobies, yeah. but some of them are ones that I just wasn't interested in. Yeah. So yeah. I would be like, nah, man, you could have these yeah, fucking yeah. like Superman joints. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I did enjoy the Supermans when he was uh fighting um I wanna say it was like some dude that was made of stone out of rock or oh, Doomsday. Yeah, Doomsday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was the death of Spider Man. The death of death of Superman. That was that was the event that pretty much killed the comic book industry. Really? Okay. Because what happened was is um so they had essentially in the early nineties there was the whole thing with sports cars in the late eighties and I have tons of sports cars that are worthless but like they basically they convinced everybody these things are going to be worth a lot of money and they diluted the market to the point that it was worth nothing and then they went on to do the same thing with comic books and the way they would do it is by continually trying to make people believe that like this comic was going to be like when when that when they everyone's like Superman's going to die they made people believe he was never going to come back. And then there were people lined out outside the stores, like thinking that they were going to put their kids through college by buying these, these comics. And they just made millions. And it's like, wouldn't you think that, okay, well, you're here. There's a television broadcast. You're hundredth in line. Are you all going to be multi-billionaires? Like, you know. Right, right. Just, but see, but that's the thing though. Once again, group think it's right. like, this like this hive effect you know what i'm saying like when certain amount of people get interested in something the fear of missing out strikes into people and they're like i can't miss this opportunity it's genius it's my time to be rich we saw with crypto we saw with nfts you know what i'm saying like it's it's an age-old story in, in the world and in america obviously specifically yeah, that's an excellent, excellent point. Yeah, it's it's um, and then so with comics, and it's like that's the thing with anything. You can you can you can kind of like they say you can shear a sheep numerous times. You can only whatever want, and right, it's like right. once you've cut someone so deeply, they they lost tons of comic fans once they realized they've been had. You know, right? And then, nah, and then no they never came back either. You know? Um, I I loved that collection, and Doom was a favorite character of mine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Before I ever knew who MF Doom was, obviously, you know what I'm saying? So for me to see him don that representation, once again, Operation Doomsday, yeah, which I was listening to, it's tough because that's my favorite Doom album, even though Mad Villainy is my favorite album of all time. Yeah, yeah. You know it's funny. I, I said something similar to someone where I'm like, "Waiting Room" is my favorite Fugazi. Is my is one of my my top five favorite songs. It's by Fugazi, but it's not my favorite Fugazi song. And there's no other Fugazi song in my top five songs. And I don't know how that makes sense, but it's the same. Right, right. But it, it's a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. <coughs> I uh, <coughs> yeah, I can't get away from it. You know what I'm saying? I can't get away from herbs and spices. Oh, man. Yeah. Before we do, you know, end up concluding this, I would be remiss if I didn't at least at one, you know, I have to talk about special herbs and spices. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I got the, um, this is something I picked up on the, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
I think I bought like three of these when they came out because I was convinced they're gonna be worth something, and then I gave like two of them away, and now I think they do go for a few hundred bucks on eBay. <laughs> you were right, you know. Yeah, I was right, but it wasn't right, right enough. You know, but that's the thing about Doom fans. No one gave a fuck about that type of stuff at the time. You know what I'm saying? No one was like, "Oh, this is Doom memorabilia is gonna be worth thousands." Right. Nah, it was like this is some really cult ass shit, and I just want it for myself. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah, uh, this the. Special herbs and spices, special herbs and spices box set. I try and explain to people all the time how extensive his discography is. You know what I'm saying? People don't really, they don't really understand he has, you know, dozens of albums. You know what I mean? So obviously I've done a whole mixtape over herbs and spices beats. You know what I'm saying? I did a whole mixtape over herbs and spices beats. Um, There's some of the first beats I ever recorded to, some of the first beats I ever listen to is just beats, you know, as far as listening to instrumentals. Yep. Cause they, 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 they're full of on their own. Like they're, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. like, they're like, they're like Jay Dilla where it's in, and it's funny when you hear a song, you'll hear some beats that are on, there's some beats from, I think donuts by Jay Dilla that, are, that one of them appears on um, food. And there's definitely some beats on, on the, the special herbs that have occurred on uh, your doom projects wrapped over and other artists projects. And they, yeah, yeah. they're both equal. They both feel full. You know, they both feel like full songs. For sure. I find I'm not as much of a, like, I don't know as much about Dilla. Would you say that theme wise, because what stuck out about herbs and spices to me, because I'm also a chef, you know what I'm saying, yeah. um, was how true to the theme he stayed. Yeah, yeah. He introduced me to certain yeah. spices and roots. It's like, is you he going to run out of names or is he going to run out of beats first? It's like, it's incredible to think that I didn't know what lavender root was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, and when I found out what it was in the culinary sense, I was like, Oh, I, I know this because of the beat. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's where I think people don't give hip hop enough credit for educating people. And like, yeah. I think that there's like, you know, there's time, like there's, there's been times in, in the history where, where messages have been passed through song in sort of to like, you know, so, so other people didn't know what they were saying. And it's like, there's essentially that tradition exists today in hip hop where you'll hear something and go, I want to get this joke. I'm going to have to look it up to get it. And then yeah. you learn it and it enriches your experience. And I don't think that happens with a lot of other genres. Of music. It doesn't. Like, it, it, well, not for me, really. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. think maybe an equivalent might be, um, I could say at a time I was like uh, extremely into say like a red hot chili peppers. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Good luck Googling what they're saying because I don't even understand. (laughs) Exactly. Like the way his lyrics were, like a lot of the time I was like, bro, I'm going to need to look this up. Yeah. He had a lot of of West Coast references and just a lot of, you know what I'm saying, West Coast uh, stuff. And I'm not, I didn't know anything about the If you weren't doing heroin in Los Angeles in 1994, (laughs) you might not get a lot of that. Exactly. You yeah. know, and uh, lo and behold, that's where I ended up doing heroin. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. nah, but, uh, you know, L.A. is obviously a crazy place. And uh, when you go to where the artists you you like are from, you have a different connection with them. You know, oh, yeah, it's very true. Yeah. So listening to those beats, riding the subway, you know, in New York and listening to those beats, you know, what I'm saying while, you know, living in New York, I really like you can hear the hustle and bustle in the beats. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you hear certain of the beats, like you can hear the city 
in the music, you know what I'm saying? And he was really good at, you know, Dilla was as well, encompassing Detroit in, in, in the poverty in his music, you know what I'm saying? The yeah. pain in his yeah. music. Doom, I feel like, was good at doing the same thing, you know? Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. I meant to ask you this before. Like Zarface, did you have any connection? Like, so that they're an artist, um, Seven L Esoteric and Inspected Deck. I've, I wouldn't, I mean, Esoteric's been on my radar for 20 plus years. He's from my area. Like, I was seeing him in small shows and like I've been, I wouldn't say we're friends. I've been friendly with him over the years to the point mm-hmm. that he usually knows who I am and I see him and we did like a song together. So for me, I was always so super excited that my, he's, he's essentially the living legend hometown hero for a lot of people in, around here. Sure. So for us, and then with the Wu-Tang Clan, that was one thing with Inspector to Deck. And then with Doom, I was like, I literally would be talking to him at a comic convention about this stuff. And it was like, it felt like his mind was as blown about as his mind was. But did you have any, did you even know who they Zarface was before Doom was, was um, working uh-uh. with them? I had no clue. I had no clue about any of that. And even uh, up until right now, when you just explained it, I had no clue of his <laughs> origin or like if he was an old artist or a new artist, or I didn't know anything about him, honestly. So what it is is so seven so it's seven L and Esoteric. Seven L is an amazing producer who's worked mostly with Esoteric and a few other people in my area. They have been together for about twenty years, and they had a whole career before Zarface came along. And on their first album, they had Inspected Deck make an appearance. This is like I was probably still in high school, like late nineties. In that, because Esoteric's maybe two or three years older than me, like you know, white sort of like college dude from around here, like you know, very similar backgrounds. And um, he. Um, he appeared with Inspector Deck back in the day. Then years later, like 15 years later, he, right at kind of like where Seven and Esoteric kind of losing a little steam. He was like, what would people think if I did, if we did like another song or mixtape with Inspector Deck? And everyone's like, of course. And then it just blew up. It blossomed into everything. And that's their full-time gig. And, and, and the, the Doom thing, I, he, I believe Esoteric might have performed on Doom's first show in New York as an opening act while wearing a fantastic four shirt. I believe him that may have come up like, mm. like, and so he has like those D connections and he, he's like, I can't speak for him, but he, he sort of was involved in that scene in, in like the nineties and like he was in the late nineties going down to New York and stuff like that. And he also had a beef with um, deaf jocks and cage and copyright. So he was in all that and Bastard really? and all those dudes. Yeah. He okay. sort of won that beef. I think I think he won like five on one. But you have to go back and listen to the records yourself. But mm-hmm. um, it's uh, I don't know. I was fun too. Def Chucks had a DeLorean back in those days. They literally had a company DeLorean at Def Chucks. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So for me, like that was always super special that it was like, you know, it was my hometown hero working with him. And um, it's funny, like, so Esoteric is known as being around here as like one of the nicest dudes in the, in the world. And it's like, if someone has a bad word to say about him around here, it usually tells you more about that person than it does about Seamus Esoteric. And like, he's always been super accessible to, to people. And he's like, every time I've, I've asked him like little bits of advice over the years and stuff like that. And he's always been super gracious. The one time he never Ever responded was when i was like oh so i'd love to get a song with doom do you even know if he has representation or something like that and that was the one time i got no answer it's just so funny where you're just like with doom it's like if you're in that inner circle even a little bit i don't blame you like i probably wouldn't have you know even if he gave me a number of somebody who never would have written me back i i don't blame him for not even doing that right but it's right, like, right with doom i keep seeing him pop up on songs with people that i'd never heard of and even when i looked right. them up they weren't big artists and some of them might have been people he met in the uk 
But I'm just like, how are these happening? Because I did try a few times to try to make it happen, and I just got nowhere. There's no way. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, at a certain point, uh, it's a very organic situation where you just end up in the right situation. Right. You know what I mean? I've seen that happen for for a couple artists at least, where it's like you hear about them like just magically getting this feature from someone because they knew someone who just happened to be in a studio right, with right someone. Tag. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's really, really random like that. You know, yeah. uh, MF Dooms, Andre 3000s, like you have these like myths, these mystical creatures yeah. in the industry where it's like, you got a feature from who? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. How did you get that feature? You know, yeah. well, you were selected, you were found. You and there, there is something to that too about doom where it's like he didn't put out too he put out a lot of stuff but everything felt special and it all mm-hmm. felt like it had a purpose and it was never just like he would sort of go years without putting anything out and then he sort of dump a bunch of stuff out and it was like right right but it all always felt special you know? yeah i loved every bit of it you know what i mean um even the jj doom um, yeah i love that album yeah. yeah yeah you know even jj doom had it man it still to me has some amazing notes and points to it yeah. you know that song governor itself is just amazing and the video for that's really sure. cool. the low budget video that's really cool. i'm glad he did a video for it i don't give yeah. a fuck what budget it is i know <laughs> but it's, it has the thing where it's like split screen a little bit and right, i'm like right. i don't know how it's like you can tell that it was i don't know how he did that and, it, and especially if i always I try to think of the time he did it, it's like there might be an app right now and adobe that could do that for you right now but that took a little bit of thinking and that was a creative idea when it, when that went down like they, they did it not to mention i mean uh i respect anyone who has done some type of collaborative project you know what i'm saying with doom you know what i mean because yeah. um you know same thing with the ghost face uh, you know, where I became much, much, much more of a fan of Ghostface. Yeah. You know, I, was, I was a fan, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. He helped me get, yeah. Yeah, I just became so much more of a fan once the Doom Starks shit came out. You know it's funny. I, mean? I um I, I wish I thought of this earlier. I have a magazine cover from Mass Appeal. From like, it's got to be 15 years ago with them on the cover. And it's like, Doom Starks coming soon. And like, still waiting. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, we've got so a few man. songs, but you know. When that That's shit it. comes on, I saw uh, I got to see Ghostface perform in DC for an Adult Swim event. Oh, and, amazing! Uh, it was crazy. He did some of that shit, and it was like, oh man, when is this coming out, yo? It's never, it, it never, yeah, never, never, never. The the, the, the next Mad Villainy album, I I so I I remember them in January two thousand. 21 which i remember only because i looked at it last night was they the last time they commented on it and i think peter butter wolf said that the second mad villainy album was 85 percent done and they had the blessing to release it but there's been nothing said about it yet since and it's been like a year and a half um, yeah I've, I've it's probably just a bunch of bureaucracy you know what i'm saying you know there's yeah. a lot of paperwork involved there's a lot a lot of stuff involved samples in and shit but like i that. guarantee you we will hear it i hope so yeah we will it, hear it. yeah you know, and there's got to be other stuff too. He's got to have a lot of stuff we haven't heard. Him, you know. But oh man, I'm starting to wind down because it's been a long day. But um, yeah, what time and, is it right now? Uh, it's like eight thirty my time. But okay. oh yeah, true. Well, I appreciate you, man. No problem, um, man. I'll leave you. I'll leave you on this note. Yeah. You know oh shit! How long? When did you get that? You know what I'm saying? I'll leave you right there. One of those real doom oh, man. That is nasty. How long you had that for? Um, maybe like, uh, seven years, eight years or something. 
I'm working on a doom tattoo idea. I got some tattoos the other day and I'm, I'm doing like, like a, like a band around my, my leg where I'm just having it totally just jam packed with shit. And I'm right. going to, and I think the very front is going to be the danger doom logo. Like, okay, oh, nice, nice. Me, but like, yeah, I, think I mean, honestly, I want more. Uh, it's supposed to be part of a hip hop sleeve. So I definitely yeah. plan to get maybe like a, you know, some type of halo and these types of things. You oh, know what yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like around the mask now that you know what I'm saying things have happened. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to leave you with that note, yeah. real cool fans. You know, but actually, before I go, let's talk a little bit more about what you're working on, just so oh, people me? have a better idea. So, like, where can people find you? What What are you? This will probably be released in December. I'm gonna start releasing these, like maybe like one okay. a week. I'm doing like ten and releasing them. Like, so what? Where can people find you? What are some things you'll be working on the next few months and stuff like that? um they could find me uh in these streets <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> uh but nah for real though man i'm really just focusing on uh uh expanding my live uh my live market reach you know what i'm saying like i'm doing trying to do as many shows in different markets as possible so 2023 i'm really trying to do a northeast uh tour you know, New England tour, um, because, you know, I got connections in Maryland. I got connections in Connecticut. I know you out there in Boston. Yep. I got friends in New York. So it just uh, makes sense for me to try and get some type of New England tour happening in the spring, which is a beautiful time out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Um, other than that, I'm really trying to solidify this subgenre that I'm creating, um, which is basically like dab music, music to dab to specifically. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Some dab tunes. Um I'll say too, your music. So, you obviously you're a little younger than me, um, and so you come from I guess in a little a every generation like right below mm -hmm. me, and that's a generation that I found that that there's less drums, it's more spacey stuff, and it took me a long time to really like get my mind around it. But it was your music was a lot of the stuff that really I'm like oh now I get it, and like your stuff I, I really it. dig, and like it, it it's got that. So if like I'm just telling people that if they haven't like if if they if they're the old heads like me and they don't always think it check out concept stuff because I, I find that like the vocal clarity is great like I a lot of, that is something that's very important that a lot of people don't think about great vocal clarity sure. and it all works well together and if you like you know, Doom I think you it's a uh, you know once again he's definitely one of my biggest inspirations um, and I plan to lean more back into that kind of like jazzy mad lib you know type of style for uh we gonna need more wax too you know what i'm saying oh Which is that, that's, that's the new album yeah that's what i'm gonna be uh gonna dropping next man um i'm just working on it now you know what i'm saying right, right. I, what i really want to do is i want to send you this google drive folder which is we're gonna right. need more wax to potential beats you know what i'm saying so i'll send that to you you can check out some beats you know what i'm saying if anything jumps out to you Definitely, you know what I mean? You should hop on that. Oh, I'd love to. We're going to need more wags too, man. Official start, like the official, official proclaimed start of the dab music genre.
I'm back to stacking ends, everything straight. And then another accident, another ticket, another scratch. And then could be anything. I've had bad luck with many things, but I know it ain't over till a fat lady sings. Karma is a bitch, and I wish I never met her. If I could go back, probably wouldn't do better. Cause I chose my mistakes, and I never felt pressure. Hard to beat the odds when you put in and no effort. I got so many woes, twice as many blessings. My homies share my woes, so if I call it stepping, my homies, they my woes and solid with no question. The king of bad luck and all you niggas, peasants, dog. Broke into my rental car, stole my license, debit card. Take my identity, commit a little credit for. Wish I wasn't me, I'd probably be better off. Unfortunate events throwing jabs like a tournament Sometimes I wanna hang the pin up like an ornament But I just can't ignore my fate or run for me like Jonah did Rich been creeping gump on me, I might just be your homeless friend Seems the money runs for me, seems it's time to trap again I just wanna stack again, but boy she keeps on happening Thought I had this figured out, got pushed three spaces back again Yo, plus my whip keep breaking down Had a car big brody for a pack so I could break it down Spilling out my heart and soul, every time I'm rapping now Spilling out my heart and soul I just wanna make it now But I don't wanna sell my soul I don't wanna take that route Honestly just wanna grow I'll help you got my people out Finally find my purpose but Karma hasn't balanced out Finally find my purpose but Karma hasn't balanced out Yo I wish that God would talk to me Maybe if I hit my heart He might let Jesus walk with me Yo I wish that God would talk to me Maybe if I hit my heart He might let Jesus walk with me